Pick and Pop Podcast. My name is Brian. I'm alongside Aldrin. And today's episode is called The Five. Before we get into this week's episode, man, how's your week been? Oh, pretty good, man. Um, can't complain. Um, New Year, so just trying to, you know, complete these goals. Yeah, I'm right, I'm right there with you, man, working on goals. Um, also, just, you know, obviously working on the pod. Yeah. Hoping for bigger, better things. 2022, you know, hoping to take the pod to a whole new level. Yeah, we want to take this to another level, so. Yeah, so definitely appreciate everyone's support, everyone checking out the show. Mm-hmm. And without further ado, let's get into it. This yes, week, sir. This final part of the all-time great series. We're going over the top 10 greatest centers of all time. Mm-hmm. And we're going to start this off at number 10 with Dwight Howard. Superman Jr., a lot of people called him. <laughs> yeah. Superman Part 2. He had a lot of hype coming out of um, college. Yeah, man. He's kind of, like I always say, he's basically, um, what's his name, like Bam Adebayo without a three-point shot. Just a big, yeah. undersized dude, but muscular, like big dude. Very strong. Yeah. He's freakishly, in his prime, freakishly athletic. You know, like, you know, go through his accolades. He's a NBA champion with the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, five mm-hmm. All-NBA first-team selections, eight All-Star appearances, three Defensive Player of the Years, four All-Defense first-team selections, 11th all-time in rebounding, 13th all-time in blocks, 57th in scoring. Uh, yeah, he has a, he carved out a good uh, resume for himself. Yeah, he has a lot of great accolades. I mean, you think about it. And he had a pretty successful career. Um, yeah. He had a, a lot of expectations placed on him based on him being people thought he'd be the next Shaq basically um, but he was never as big as Shaq as strong as Shaq or as dominant as Shaq he, you know no. as Dwight Howard didn't have great post moves um, just kind of a dunker and uh, like like you said his strength uh, made him that's how he scored his buckets with his strength yeah pretty much a defensive player and a dunker that's really all he was I mean to be yeah. honest with you he, for some reason, never – he kind of – he was kind of like Ben Simmons in a way because, you know, Ben Simmons is afraid to shoot in games even though we see practice him shooting and taking jumpers. Yeah. It was the same where he would work on his post moves with Patrick Ewing and uh, Kevin McHale, Akeem Olajuwon, and he just w- would not do it in the game for whatever reason. Yeah, we see that a lot with these players. Like, they'll ball out in the L.A. fitness gyms and – just gyms in general and then when it comes to the games it's like they it's like where's that guy that was doing all these things <laughs> yeah they, they just lose their confidence for whatever reason uh, i mean it's unfortunate we never really got to see his max potential although you know he had it carved out a nice um you know career in orlando yeah took the team to the finals that year uh that stretch when they had hito turkulu uh, and rashad lewis around it. oh with uh jameer nelson as well yeah i like that team i think jameer nelson if i'm not mistaken was an all-star too he was an all-star that year um unfortunately he got injured during the playoff run but they still yeah. were able to make it to the finals without him uh they beat lebron and the Cavs in five along the way yeah uh they beat the celtics although it was without uh kg i believe uh, you know, like they went up, they went, what was it, six games against the Lakers in the finals that year? Yeah. Um, I think they would have won another game had Jameer been there, but they still would have lost the series. 
Yeah, I think they still would have lost the series regardless, even with a healthy Jameer Nelson. Yeah, they were too inexperienced. They were inexperienced. Hito Turkoglu was actually balling out that year too. Yeah, yeah, he was. He was um, he got score, paid. <laughs> yeah, he got paid too. Yeah. Um, he went somewhere else. I remember, but he 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 ended up getting paid, and I don't think he ever panned out after that. Yeah, unfortunately, Jameer. Yeah, Jameer Nelson actually he kind of faded away shortly after that too. yeah a lot of it. weird injuries for him too yeah and you know um, Dwight ended up forcing his way out going to Houston first uh, so him and James Harden played together well he he, he went to Lakers oh, first yeah, first. yeah, yeah. yeah it was Lakers short that's why you yeah, forgot yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was literally one year <laughs> yeah he went to the Lakers they formed that new super team with Steve Nash Dwight oh, Howard Howe and Kobe <laughs> uh, that failed Miserably. Miserably. They were never really healthy. Um, Kobe knew immediately it wasn't going to be a good fit with Dwight just because based off conversations he had with Dwight, and Dwight seemed like he was really amped about, um, you know, off-the-court stuff in L.A., and Kobe was all about winning, so he wasn't really yeah. doing that. So they were off to a rocket start, just chemistry-wise off the rip. Dude, playing in L.A. is uh, is it's pressure. That's why I didn't. Th- that's why he didn't last, in my opinion. And he he had a childish mentality. Yeah, he was very kind of um, laid back, kind of goofy type. And um, or I was telling you that like Gilbert Arenas explained that like Steve Steph, uh, Stan Van Gunny was the hard ass and the uh, like the bad cop. So Dwight tried to be the good cop by being the funny guy. Yeah, lighthearted, but. Um, you know, I think he just had time needs to be more serious and more of a leader. Uh, so that's why I didn't work out in Orlando or in the Lakers at first stint. Then he went to Houston, uh, played with James Harden. Uh, you know, they never were good enough to, you know, really be a championship contender. Yeah. Uh, Dwight also wasn't the same when he got there. Uh, the back injury, because he was really, his game was uh, really dependent on his athleticism, man. Unfortunately, his back injuries just after his athleticism, so he wasn't the same. When he got there, though, he they I thought they were gonna make a lot of noise because he was averaging eighteen in Houston, and then it went. It, he started declining every year yeah. after year. It went from eighteen to fifteen, then f- fifteen to thirteen, yeah. and then he got traded to Atlanta, like yeah. mad random, which is his hometown. But it was just he kind of went downhill from there. Yeah, now he's pretty much with, because of the injuries, he's pretty much a. a backup big basically yeah uh he can guard the best big so if you're playing against the Jokic's of the world or the yeah he can give them problems yeah towns he'll give them problems uh you know but right now a serviceable big he won a championship his second stint in in la and now he's back again in la for the third time that's a good place for him yeah it's a good place i think uh unfortunately that team is just a horrible fit yeah uh, but I think he has a place on a team. I mean, like I said, the first go around with LeBron, he won a ring. Yeah. Why couldn't he do it again? Uh, really decorated career, though. Um, you know, what more else? What else could we say about Dwight Howard? Um, Tenth, you know, 10th mm, greatest big man of all time. Yeah. <laughs> and on to the next, number nine, we got Dikembe Mutombo. Mount, Mount Mutombo. Mutombo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, probably the... Might be the second greatest defensive big of all time after Akeem. Yeah, um, I think so. You know, Dikembe uh, uh, Mutombo was not a scorer. He was really a defender. Yeah. He'd give you maybe 11 to 15 a game, uh, 12 rebounds, four, three to four block shots a game. Uh, he was pretty much like a high-end role player. Think of like uh, those Draymond Green types, glue guys. 
Yeah, so just every team would love to have. I said to you off air a big three, and he's like the third guy. Yeah, the third option. Easily. You know what I mean? Um, could get you a double double, but that's about it. Yeah, he's not gonna carry you. Um, no, he's you know, never gonna uh, carry you offensively. One of the role players. Um, decorated career as well, eight-time All-Star, two All-NBA team selections, four Defensive Player of the Year awards, yeah. six All-Defense uh, uh, team selections, second all-time in blocks, 20th all-time in rebounds. Yep. Uh, you know, he had a great career. Started off with the Nuggets, uh, was part of that historic AC team that took out the first seed, uh, Seattle Supersonics with Gary Payton and Sean Kemp. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good <laughs> thing to add on your resume. Iconic moment, him laying on the floor, like crying and just in disbelief that they were able to upset the first seed. Yeah. Uh, they got, obviously, obviously they got quickly bounced out in the second round. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you know, that was, nonetheless, that was just a great accomplishment. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, after that, he went down to Atlanta, I believe, in the second team. He stayed uh, there for a while. Played with Steve Smith in the nineties. Uh, had that iconic moment in the All-Star game when he went there for the Hawks and representing the Hawks. And, yeah. Uh, he was telling Jordan that Jordan never dunked on him and he couldn't. And a few games later, Jordan dunked on him. <laughs> <laughs> you know, which it happens. You know, every every great shot blocker gets dunked on. Yeah, him. you you you. Uh, it's gonna happen because you you're you're so focused on protecting the paint or yeah. doing whatever you do, whatever it is that you do in on the field on the floor when you're playing the NBA. So things are going to happen. People are going to score on you, dunk on you, um, cross you up. It happens. Yeah, it happens to the best of them. So yeah. it is what it is. That's um, a guy that, you know, DeCambe is one of those guys. He's like a good guy. Like you see him around the NBA and you still hear his name. Um, you see him in like a little award ceremonies and things like this. See him in commercials. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's just doing his thing. Yeah. His uh, son's at Georgetown, kind of following his footsteps. Yeah. Um, I heard that his son is uh, pretty much uh, similar to him, but I think his son's more of a scorer too yeah. because of how the game has changed. You kind of have to be able to do everything. Yeah, I think his son has more of an offensive bag than he did. Yeah. Uh, for sure, but you know, Dikembe. I think even in today's era, he'd be able to play. Uh, you know, like I said, he'd just be kind of like um, like your Gobert type. Yeah, I think that's a great comparison for him. Yeah, I think Gobert's a little better offensively, but not that much. Yeah, yeah, a little bit better, but they both give you around the same, like fifteen and twelve. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, around the same, so I, I think for that reason, you know, we got Dikembe at number nine. Yes, I also sir. can't forget, almost forgot about his run with the Sixers, uh, going to the finals against Shaq. At the yeah, Shaq. he was old, but he did pretty good for, for what he was at that point. Yeah, I mean, no one could guard Shaq at that point. No. <laughs> yeah, that, that was pretty much like the highlight achievement-wise and like, um, I guess, playoff-wise, is going to, to the trip with the fin- on the finals with um, AI. Yeah. Who else was on to Eric Snow? McKee. Aaron McKee, uh, <laughs> who was that dude, uh, Tyrone Hill? Yeah, Tyrone Hill. Um, <laughs> they had uh, nobody really. The only people that people really probably know from that Sixers team is Matumbo and Iverson. Yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> and Eric Snow, if you wanna, if you wanna go there. <laughs> yeah, that's about it. Honestly, I mean, that, that team it was a bunch of 
role players. Like people talk about LeBron carried a team, AI carried a team. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He that was team. one of the he was one of those guys that did that too. You know, so that was amazing. But yeah, those were just some of the accomplishments that Matumbo had and why he's the ninth the greatest center of all time. Yeah. Coming in at number eight. Uh Moses Malone. Moses Malone. The ultimate professional. Um Charles Barkley had said this on uh, um you know on TNT, uh, you know, when he was explaining how, when he went to the Sixers, but Moses Malone was, a um, he was a great scorer and a rebounder. Yeah. Um, Moses, you know, <coughs> Charles Barkley told a story about how Moses kind of got him in shape. Yeah. And, you know, taught him how to like work out and stuff, which got him some playing time. Cause when he first got to the Sixers, he was like over 300 pounds out of shape. Yeah. Not getting any burn, but you know, Moses was that vet. Uh, he was a star player of that team. The, uh, mm-hmm. the year before uh, Barkley got there, he actually won a championship. Uh, him and uh, du- Julius Irving won a championship with the yeah. Sixers. They were kind of like the bad boys Pistons in the 80s where they kind of, uh, well, they, they did play the 80s as well, <coughs> but kind of they snuck in and got a, a ring in between that dominance between the Lakers and Celtics. Yeah. Uh, the Sixers and the Pistons were the only ones. People don't talk about that. Yeah, they really do. I Houston with uh, Hakeem and Ralph Sampson got to the uh, finals one year. So there was very few teams other than the Lakers and Celtics that really broke in during that generation. Yeah. Uh, you know, Moses Malone led Sixers team, did that. Um, you know, he has one NBA title, one finals MVP, three regular season MVPs, eight all-NBA selections, 12-time all-star, two all-defensive team selections. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's fifth all-time rebounding, ninth in scoring, 26th in blocks. Uh, 134th in steals, and those are all-time rankings. Yeah, those are those are great numbers. Easily the most underappreciated superstar like we've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Um, was a dominant center. He was physical. Um, you know, like said, Can't forget his Houston days too. Yeah. That's where he was just balling out of control. That one year in '81, he he was averaging 31 points a game. Yeah, and he'd give you like 18 and 20 rebounds to go along with it. Yeah, easy. Yeah, I mean, so that, that's what you call dominance. He had a bag, too. He did, and he was the first player to come out of high school. A lot of people don't remember that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, before the Kobe's, LeBron's, and T-Mac, and KG did. Yeah, he was, he, was the the, he was the first. Yo, he he made Nike nice, too, they said, back in the day. Back in the days? Yeah, he, he had the forces. Oh, those are classics. Yeah, so he, <laughs> he, he put Nike, too, on the map a little bit in those times. Yeah, and in, in those times for sure, and like you know, you played in the era with uh, battling against um, Ralph, Ralph Sampson, Akeem Olajuwon, uh, Kareem. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there was a lot of great big men in the '80s too. That was that's a slept-on era for bigs as well. Yeah, that's a that's a very slept-on era. You know, so you know he had a lot of competition in that position, and you know he dominated and held his own. You know what I mean? Not much else I could say about Moses Malone. Yeah. Coming in at number five, we got. I'm oh, no. sorry, number seven. <laughs> Patrick Ewing. <laughs> Patrick Ewing, um, Mr. Captain, Captain Mr. New York, brand, the yeah. New York Knicks. When you think about the New York Knicks, that's what I think about. That's the guy I think about. Um, yeah, Patrick Ewing. 
Pat was my favorite, like, Nick of all time. Yeah, uh, still yeah. is, I think. Yeah, definitely still <laughs> is my favorite Nick of all time with ease. Until further notice. Pretty much, like, homegrown talent was drafted first overall in 84, I believe. 85. 85. Mm-hmm. Close. Uh, you know, I mean, like, one of the underrated sneaker line. Yeah. Uh, pretty much put New York on his back during the 90s. No one wanted to come to the Garden and play. It's not like uh, today's era where, like, you know, team guys would just drop 50 in the Garden and are celebrated. That was the era where, like, you came to the paint, you was getting laid out. Yeah, you was getting, you was getting your ass on the ground. Tough, defensive-minded team. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. The offense ran ran through him since the the minute he got there. They were they were trash. He, uh, yeah, you know, he had a great post game, a uh, great mid-range game as well, pick and pop. Yeah. You know, uh, back then, you know, Biggs didn't really shoot that many threes, although he did, he was a pretty decent three-point shooter back then. Yeah. Um, for his time, but didn't obviously shoot a lot of them. Didn't have to. Yeah, he didn't have to back then. And, you know, uh, you know, he went to two trips to the finals during the 90s. Uh, one against the Houston Rockets where they went to seven games. They're actually up 3-2, and unfortunately they lost uh, They lost game six. And in game seven, they also lost. Due to coaching. Coaching. Uh, John Starks went uh, two for 18 from the field. Uh, he should have, you know, Pat Riley should have played Doc Rivers more. Uh, yeah. That's that game for sure. Doc would have, um, we, we would have had a chance, I think. Definitely thought it would have won if they had made that change, but he just felt that, you know, shooters shoot, so he just kept letting John Stark shoot, and it just wasn't his night. Yeah. Uh, and those teams weren't really offensively skilled, uh, those Knicks mm-hmm. teams. They didn't really have much around them. Like, John Stark's the second option. Now, the other guys are really just either 3 and D or just really just, um, like, enforcers like Oakley. In uh, today's game, I, John Starks would have been a six-man. Yeah, he would have been in six man, honestly. He's kinda like a J.R. Smith, Deion Waiters. Yeah, um, yeah. Anthony Mason is probably the most skilled player that they had. He was like a yeah. forward. Um, pretty much I mean outside of Ewing, of course. But yeah, he could run the offense and set people up too. Yeah, he was a point forward, like one of the first prototypes in the NBA. Yeah. Uh, you know, a point forward. You know, and Patrick Ewing, look at his uh all accolades, seven uh, all NBA selections, eleven time All Star, three yep. all defensive second team selections. He's seventh all time in blocks, twenty third in scoring all time, twenty fifth in rebounds all time, one hundred eighteenth in steals all time. That um the nineteen eighty nine season, he was averaging twenty eight points a game. That was that was like, I think that was like one of his greatest moments. Obviously, when he went to the finals, but. As far as like individually, yeah, those numbers were amazing. And he was also a, a two-way star, also in the yeah. league. Where, like you know, great shot blocker as well. Uh, I mean, obviously he had great length going to you know being able to protect the rim and defend. Um, you know the, the other team's best big men. Uh, like I said, enforce. He was an enforcer as well, laying people out if they come to the rim. Uh, you know, so Shaq speaks highly of him all the time. Oh, Shaq loves Patrick. Ewing. Yeah, he does. He loves him some Patrick Ewing. He always speaks highly of him. He and and he's always on that list, like that person that should have won it all. Yeah, if the Knicks just gave him a second star to play with. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He 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 would have definitely. They would have made it over the hump. 
Yeah, I would have loved to have seen it. You know, unfortunately, they got when they drafted him, they had intended for him to play with Bernard Kings, but yeah. Bernard Kings unfortunately just got injured, and then, you know, they ended up dealing him, thinking he wouldn't be as good as he used to be. Uh, he actually still ended up having some good years after that with Washington. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's just unfortunate that pairing didn't work. And then, you know, uh, Reggie Miller could have went there, but he stayed with the Pacers. Um, Ooh, that would have been nice. Yeah, they didn't get him enough help until he was past his prime, basically. They gave him some free will in Houston. Yeah. Um, but it was too late. And, and uh, Larry Johnson. Larry Johnson, four-point play guy. Yeah, if they had given him that team, like, 93, 94, he would have won it all. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then you remember he got hurt too, so the yeah. injuries. He started having like little oh, knickknacks. His knees, man. Yeah, I just feel bad for him with the pads and <laughs> those big pads. Yeah, I had a lot of mileage. You, you got to understand, they depended on him for everything: scoring, defense. He was all over the place. He was. He played a lot of minutes. Yeah, I mean, he was there, everything. like The minute he got there. <laughs> yeah, he was the savior, first-round pick, frozen envelopes. A lot of people thought it was rigged. <laughs> you know, what do you think about that? You think it was rigged? I could see it happening, especially back then. Yeah. You know, it has a lot to, you, you know, never like know. LeBron going to the Cavs or, you know, some of these. If that envelope Zion didn't freeze. going to the Pelicans. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> yeah. If that envelope didn't freeze, he would have been on the Pacers. <laughs> that been I don't think Reggie would have been there then. They probably would have been too good to get Reggie. No, Reggie would have been. Wasn't Reggie there before? Oh, yeah. no, no. He came after. Yeah. yeah. No, but Reggie was a late draft pick. I still think they would have got him. People slept on Reggie. Um, I don't know. He, he was definitely slept on. But he was a. You know, Reggie was his all time rival, I would say. Well, Reggie and uh, Michael Jordan. Yeah, yeah. He he used to say, I, hate, I hated playing against Reggie. Yeah, because and the Pacers were actually built exactly like the Knicks too. Yeah, you know they had Rick Smith, who was I guess their Patrick Ewing. They had, uh, you know, the Davis brothers, who were there like Oakley and Mason. Mason. Yeah, um, you know they had Mark Jackson, who was our point guard. <laughs> you know, we, we didn't want to pay him. Yeah, we didn't want to pay. I don't know why they got rid of Mark Jackson and brought in Derek Harper. Uh, I mean. I guess they went to the finals after that, but just, you know, I, I would have preferred Mark Jackson. I think. Yeah, was Mark was a little better than Harper. And he was younger. He yeah, was, and he was younger. And he was a pure point. Harper was like a three and D point guard. Yeah. You know, like I would have much preferred. But uh, um, Patrick was really mad about that. Yeah, I would he says too. that till this day. Yeah, like why would you do that? Yeah. In New York, I'm like, I know y'all making enough money. It's New York. <laughs> <laughs> You know, so that that made no sense. But and, you know, Patrick just—it's unfortunate the ring talk. Um, he doesn't really get his just due because he didn't win a ring. Yeah. Um, and, you know, he—he he he was loud too. He's kind of forgotten in that aspect, and you know, it's not all about rings. It's it's a team sport. So uh, you know, you got to give these guys their flowers for sure. And Patrick Ewing definitely yeah. the greatest ever. Mhm. Definitely my favorite, you know, one of my favorite all-time players. Yes, it's for sure. For sure. Going on to the next, coming in at number six, getting closer <laughs> to that five spot, is uh, David Robinson. The Admiral. The Admiral. Coming in from the Navy at 24 years old. Yeah, old rookie. Old rookie, dominated immediately, got mm. 24 game at 24 years old. <laughs> 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 Uh, 
instantly when he got there and made the team good. They were winning yeah. like fifty plus games every year. Um, you know, he he won MVP there. Mm-hmm. Um, growth spurt. He had a crazy growth spurt. He d- he did. Um, I think it was in around the high school, college time. Yeah, that's why he he had guard abilities, and then he just from guard to center like immediately. Yeah, he scored 71 in the game. Uh, yeah. That was the year him and Shaq were competing for the scoring title that year. Yeah. And he needed those in order to win the scoring title, and he got he needed those 71 points, and he got it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he ended up getting the scoring title that year. Uh, very, very skilled, good footwork. Great in the uh, post. Yeah. Uh, also had a great mid-range game. Mm-hmm. Uh, great scorer. Great defender. He was a two-way superstar, too. Yeah. Uh, you know, go through his accolades, two-time NBA champion, won MVP, uh, 10 All-NBA selections, 10 All-Star appearances, uh, one Defensive Player of the Year award, eight All-Defensive selections. He's sixth all-time in blocks, 32nd all-time rebounds, 41st all-time scoring, uh, 60th in steals. Sheesh. You know, he's in great shape. Uh you know, and he ended up. It's funny because he got injured one year and was out for the season, and they were the Pacers for once were ba- uh, the Spurs for once were a bad team because he got injured, and they ended up drafting Tim uh, Duncan. Tim Duncan, their next great big man. You know, and they paired up together late in his career. Uh, ended up winning two championships. That was one of the guys two rings being paired with Tim Duncan because he finally got a running mate. Yeah, you know, that was the best thing that happened to him. Yeah, uh, quite honestly, because he was carrying those Spurs teams since he got to the league. Yeah, uh, they never were quite good enough. No, they'd win like 50 games and stuff, but they wouldn't win. Like, they wasted his prime years. Yeah, they definitely did. Kind of like what they're doing now with um, this guy, Embiid. Yeah, they just wasted his prime years, and when he got older, they gave him Duncan, so he, he got two, but he could have got more. Yeah, he has a bunch of, like, he had a bunch of, like, shooters, and he had, like, Vinny Del Negro, like, just shooters and 3 and D guys. You remember Avery? Yeah, they gave him, uh, <laughs> um, what's his name, Avery Dennis Jeff. Rodman. Yeah, they gave him Dennis Rodman, but that, that wasn't a good work. fit. wasn't a good fit at all. Mm-hmm. Dennis could, they couldn't get along. He he was a church guy. He was kind of like a family man. And, you know, San Antonio is one of those places where it's like, you know, it's like a family town. and Yeah, yeah, real know. chill. It's not like a lit town or nothing where you can yeah. turn up or anything. It's not like, like a Dallas. Nah, nah, he's been... <laughs> None of that. Yeah. Something. It was like chill family vibe. Um, you know, nice place. But yeah. Nice. <laughs> Despite what Charles Barkley says about their women. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. What did he say again? He was saying they have big girls down there. So <laughs> <laughs> just be going in, you know. Shout out to Chuck. <laughs> Chuck. Uh, yeah, but, you know, David Robinson. Um, I think outside of Ker- uh, Hakeem, he's probably like the second best center of the 90s. Yeah, the, as far as skill, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh, right after Hakeem, pretty much. He's definitely the most skilled big. Um, he can definitely play in today's NBA. He'd, uh, he'd probably be top five guy. Yeah, easily, and I think he'd be able to uh, stretch out and add a three-point shot to his game. Yeah, he'd do it. Um, why not? Yeah, I, I could definitely see him doing that. He's the he he's one of those guys. He got better every year. Yeah, he definitely worked on his game. Um, it, because he came into the league later and twenty four years old. He, yeah, he still pretty much had a, a nice prime. Um, yeah, but you know, obviously, it's shorter than a guy that comes into the league at like eighteen and nineteen. 
Although I guess you, if you look at it, those guys who come here at 18 and 19, they usually have to waste like their first four or five years developing. Yeah, so he kind of just came in right away. I, yeah. I'd gamble on that, to be honest with you. Yeah, I, I'd rather just come into the game like skilled yeah. already. than. Yeah, because Tim did that. Yeah, Tim, he went because he promised his mother, you know, before she passed away, yeah. to graduate, and he came in off the rip, 21 points a game, rookie year. Yeah. You know, and he was able to help them win two championships at a very young age, so uh, he ended up winning five altogether, but he won two in his first few years of the league. And that's That shows you they took two guys who were really skilled. Um, some teams don't mind drafting the older players, like Obi Topping got tr uh, drafted. Yeah. Uh, lottery, Chris Dorte. Um, yeah, Chris is a guy too. He's an old rookie. Yeah, I think he's already twenty four. Yeah. Yeah, he's, so he's he's an old rookie too. Yeah, they kind of come in and kind of you know, they kind of can do what they they do. The kind of left off where the, they left off. Yeah, the oldest rookie was Pablo uh, Prigioni. <laughs> oh yeah, he was like thirty six. Yeah, he came in. Oh, but that was an international player. Was yeah, he was he was a true point guard. Yeah, true point guard to T. Yeah, I never even saw him shoot. I just he just passed dribbles and passes. Yeah, that's all he cared about. He, he you know, dribbles pass. <laughs> he you made know. he made dive into the lane. <laughs> yeah, it's just a catch and shoot three. That's the only time he really shoot it. He really like take you off the dribble and try to score. It wasn't. His yeah. Yeah, he he looked like a spur type player, honestly. Like. I think uh, he would have fit in great Robinson and Duncan. <laughs> I think the Spurs have the best scouting. I keep saying that. Like, I told you this off air. Yeah, scouting and development. Yeah, they know how to develop guys. Uh, you know, look what they're doing with DeJounte Murray. Yeah, he's he's great. I would love him on the Knicks. I think he solved their point guard problems. To a yeah, team. big point guards, man. Yeah, that's where the way the league's going. I mean, you got Luka, 6'7". You got... Yeah. Uh, LeBron at times will play point. You yeah. Got, you know, LaMelo balls like six, seven. Exactly. Those small point guards, you can't really, they're hard to, you know, those spud web types, you won't really yeah. see in the league anymore because, like, they can't really switch on defense and mm. you know, defend at, at, you know, everyone's really skilled in this day and age. So I, don't, I think you're going to see less and less Nate Robinson type players coming to the league anymore. Yeah. You know, unless if they're just. They're like, good stories and then they just kind of fade. Yeah, unless if they're like superstar, that's really yeah. And, that's, and, and at that size, it's kind of hard to be a superstar. Uh, I mean, you know, Isaiah Thomas played really well on the Celtics, but I think that was more of just the system. Yeah, the the thing, and and another thing, back on David Robinson, like, just remember the battle with Hakeem when he won um, MVP. Yeah, he Hakeem got cooked him. Yeah, um, it, Hakeem took that personal, even though he says he didn't, but I think he did. Uh, he definitely took that personal. He gave him yeah. his barbecue. David was pissed. David had to do too much. Yeah, like I said, he didn't get enough help on the early on. They wasted yeah. his prime years. He carried all those teams Yeah. Uh, to those 50-plus wins every year. Uh, yeah. You know, it was just unfortunate. But like I said, at least they, they didn't have a solid by getting Duncan, which was luck. He yeah. you know, got injured, and you know that was the only reason why he ended up winning the championship. <laughs> Because if that didn't happen, they would probably yeah. Celtics would have got Duncan, and it would have been a whole different story. Yeah, yeah, Duncan may not have been on this list. Yeah, I mean, I, he still would have been great anywhere he went. Yeah, but I don't know if he would have got probably it. one oh, ring. Maybe he would have won one with Pierce. I don't know. Yeah, him and Pierce yeah. would have been a nice one-two punch. I feel like they would have they would have broke through. Yeah, they could have broke through Duncan, especially. Easy. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, you know, David Robinson. David Robinson, number six. Um, so number five is going to be Bill Russell. Bill Russell. Um, 11th greatest winner of all time. Yeah, 11 rings. 11 um, rings. He's got a ring for each finger and a toe. Like, yeah. <laughs> undersized center. 6'8". Um, yeah, 6'8". They list him as 6'10", but he's not 6'10". <laughs> nah, nah, he definitely was definitely 6'10". 11-time NBA champion, 5-time uh, MVP. Yeah. 11 uh, All-NBA selections, 12-time All-Star, second All-Time in rebounding, uh, 114th All-Time in assists, and 155th All-Time in scoring. Um, was it t- wasn't really an offensive type of player. Uh, you know, he yeah. did like his career averages are like 15 and 22. Uh, was a great rebounder, great defender, um, really much the ultimate glue guy. Yeah, he was just a glue guy. The ultimate glue guy, great defender. Um, they didn't count blocks during his time period when he was playing, but if they did, he probably him and Will probably would have led the all-time list in blocks. Yeah, every year. With e- with ease. He's um he he had really great teams for like most of his career, um if not all, um. So he never really had to be like an offensive guy. Yeah, they had his stacked team. He had Bob Cousy. That whole lineup is a, in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, John Havlicek. <laughs> um, you know, like you know, just a ton of uh, just legends that they played with. Yeah. Uh, you know, they had like the greatest six man of one of the greatest six men of all time. Um, you know, just a stacked team. So like, yeah. And you know, there wasn't any free agency back then. Um, so you'd also think of that. So they got to keep their core for all those years also. It's not like today where, like, guys are leaving left and right. So that also was a key factor in them just dominating that era. Yeah. You know, but, um, you know, him he easily probably was the second best player in the league at that time, right after Wilt, uh, I think, uh, easily. Um, Celtics legend. Uh, social um, justice activist as well. Yeah, he has a statue in Boston. Statue in Boston, outside the Garden, in downtown area as well. Um, you know, so it kind of led, like I said, the civil rights movement in the '60s. You know, with along with like Martin Luther King and <coughs> uh, like the other NBA athletes and uh, black entertainers and during that time period. Mm-hmm. And he was a players' coach. Players coach as well for I think I believe two of those championships. Yeah, uh, the first and really only player I think in NBA history to do that. Uh, you think maybe more guys like LeBron or guys with really high IQ would do that, but um, you never really see it in today's you know in the modern era. Yeah, that'd be nice if LeBron does it. We'll, we'll see. You never know. I think he could. Do it. Yeah, he know. could do I it. Mean, Frank Vogel, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think Frank Vogel's gone soon. <laughs> yeah, he's gone soon. We'll be talking about that soon. Yeah, we'll be talking about that real soon. Um, but yeah, you know, Bill Russell's you know, definitely played during the era. It was tough. There wasn't many black players in the league. Um, yeah, dealt with a lot of racism on the road. He dealt with a lot of racism in Boston, the team he played for. Yeah, it was tough for him here. He hated Boston. He did. I mean, he got called at one point. And all that stuff. So it, it was really just a tough time period. Uh, so, you know, salute to him for dealing with all that and kind of just, uh, I guess, laying the foundation for all the big men, future big men coming down the pipeline. Yeah, he's still around the league. He, he um, You know, when they win the finals, they got the trophy named after him and, and 
things like that, right? What no, they what do they have named after him? The yeah, MVP? The uh, I the, yeah, the, I think it's the championship trophy. Okay. It's named after him. Um you know, like, like I said, all time great. Uh, the highest championship, you know, uh, you know, by an individual player. Uh, you know, and it's well, he has like two championship rings as a coach as well. So, uh, no, I believe no players coach. So two of those uh, eleven championships were as a players coach. So yeah, it's just crazy to think all the success that he's had in the league. So the um the NBA trophy is the Larry O'Brien. So oh, okay. the value, the most yeah, valuable player award is his. Okay, the Finals MVP. Okay. Yeah, I thought it was the other way around. <laughs> yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah, Larry O'Brien. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. You got the MVP, which is well deserved. I mean, yeah, the amount of championships he's won. But yeah, that's why Bill Russell is number five on the number list. Five. And number four, we got Shaq, the Diesel, Big Aristotle, <laughs> <laughs> Superman, <laughs> Superman, most dominant big man, uh, the modern day era. That's for sure. Steel. <laughs> Steel, that man. movie. Uh, that movie horrible. Actor, rapper, multi-talented. Everybody uh, knows who he is. Man as well, too. Uh, great businessman. Doesn't get a lot of credit for that. Yeah, he's a mogul. Yeah, definitely a huge mogul. Um, dominated league from jump. Drafted by Orlando Magic. Average 23 a game off the rip. Uh, we have 14 rebounds as well. Um, yeah. You know, came in with Orlando. It was funny because they were. They were thinking about pairing him with Chris Webber, but decided to pair him with Penny Hardaway, which I think was a great uh, choice. Yeah, everybody's happy. I mean, uh, maybe not Penny, but Chris Webber is fine, I guess. Yeah, Chris Webber got drafted by the Warriors at that time. And yeah, really, uh, it Kind of like supposed to be like the next Barkley. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, athletic, uh, can get to the rack, can post up, can shoot uh, the mid-range. You know, but um, topic for another day. Yeah, I think sh- yeah, I think Shaq was tired of Scott Skiles running the the point guard position. <laughs> Scott Skiles, although he has the most assists in NBA history in one game, uh, yeah, thirty assists in a game. That was the year before Shaq got there. Yeah. Um, you know, but yeah, they needed a a number two option. Penny was great with him. Penny was like supposed to be the next Magic. Yeah. Great playmaker, athletic, and score. Um, kind of think of. Like kind of like a Ben Simmons, but you know, um, kind of that playing style where he was kind of the guy. Although he would shoot more and score. Yeah, more. he would. He wouldn't be scared to shoot yeah, or score. He can run your offense and give you like twenty a game. He's not gonna disappear in the playoffs. Nope, not at all. Uh, <laughs> he was supposed to be the next uh, big thing after Jordan. It was him and Grant Hill. Yeah, he was supposed to be the next big, the next Michael Jordan. Um, unfortunately, both of them were just riddled with injuries, and it you know didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when you, you talk about Shaq, I mean, like I said, most dominant big man. That, that three-peat that he had with the Lakers, his stats were just ridiculous. You know how everybody knows Michael Jordan? Everybody knows Shaq. Yeah. Everybody. He's just, he's worldwide. Shaq is like the Snoop Dogg of basketball. Everyone knows yeah. him. He's not a guy that doesn't know him. Uh, but back to what I was saying, like uh, his stats in the finals, you know, uh, that during that three-peat, <coughs> he averaged 38 and 16 rebounds the first uh, championship. Uh, God damn. 33 and 15 the second, 36 and 12 in the third. Uh, just that three-year stretch is, like, the best that you've probably we've seen from a player. Yeah. Uh, it was just amazing. Mind you, he wasn't even in shape. 
Yeah, I mean, that first championship, he was in shape for. Yeah. Because um, he was really highly motivated. He didn't want to end his career without one championship. But after he got that one, he pretty much said he felt like he was good. Like, he accomplished what he wanted to accomplish. <laughs> his weight started to go south. Although he was still dominant, um, he could have been so much better. Like, his career was kind of a letdown. Uh, I yeah. think he could have been so much better. If he had, like, that LeBron, uh, Kobe, Jordan focus, he would have been the GOAT. Yeah, most definitely. Um, Easily, he would have been the GOAT. Uh, just so dominant. Like, even his first trip to the finals with Orlando, although they got swept, uh, he averaged 28 and 12 and a half rebounds. So, yeah. Uh, he was always, the only finals appearance that he had that was really bad for him, I guess, was with the Miami Heat. He only averaged, like, 13 and 10. But outside of that, uh, even the one where they lost to the, uh, what team was it? Uh, it was, uh, the Detroit Pistons, he averaged 26 and 10, you know, did his thing. Yeah. Uh, so I was mad when they lost that. I was shocked. I didn't see that coming. I thought they would sweep them, actually. Um, but th- that, I think it was Phil Jackson, honestly. Like, that triangle did not work with those guys. I mean, they were having games where they just put up 70. And I'm like, how do you have Shaq, Gary Payton, Kobe, and Carmelo Malone just score like 70 or 80 in a game? Yeah, that tri- triangle's not for everybody. It's an old system. Yeah, I mean, granted, back then the league scoring was down. Yeah. Um, I think it was just not as, like, today's players are more skilled, so it wasn't as many skilled players as today, so you needed a system back then. Um, but as guys got more and more skilled, having a system was less necessary. Um, and I, did, I, you know, I liked the players in the 90s better than today's players but i think the style of play today is a little bit better yeah yeah most Um, most definitely these guys are more skilled they know more like things yeah there's more videos and better ways to treat your body yeah and i also just like the positionless basketball like yeah you know guys like um like for instance baron davis were handcuffed like yeah, he's the best scorer you have on your team, but because he's a point guard, he has to set up David Wesley and Javon Mike. Yeah, like, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> like he's better than those guys, so if anything, he should be the leading scorer on the team, and there you get the you know second and third options. Yeah, um, but they were just really stuck in. Shaq was my favorite player for a while. Yeah, he got me into watching basketball. Like first basketball game I ever watched when I was like four or five was a Shaq and Orlando Magic's and. I was a fan since. Yeah. You know, so uh, Shaq is just... I love Shaq because as a kid, too, I used to see him in movies like Kazam. Yeah. Um, where he was that genie. And yeah, and rapping. And he was just the Shaq food game. Yeah. The Shaq burger you know, <laughs> from just, Burger King. <laughs> yeah, big personality. Um, yeah, I mean, funny guy. Yeah, um, he's hilarious. Great on TNT as well. Second chapter of his career. Yeah, uh, good know, chapter. Yeah, analysis, just great analysis during the games. Um, like I said, he won those championships with the Lakers. He went to Miami, won one with Dwayne Wade. Uh, mm-hmm. Unfortunately, after that, his career, you know, he wasn't able. He just kept getting in worse and worse shape. So he went down to uh, Phoenix. He was getting like 19 and 10, but you know, wasn't really as dominant as he was. And then yeah. he went to the Cavs with lebron he was only getting 10 a game. yeah he, he, was, he was washed he, was <laughs> Celtics and he lasted like maybe two three games at most and then was injured and just had to retire yeah uh, it's crazy he didn't get to 30k points he got to 28 but you know he missed over 2,000 free throws in his career i mad if he made those i mean sorry he made uh missed well i think it's around yeah 4k actually so if he had made at least two of those like half of those he would have been there yeah uh it's just a shame 
uh, he never really worked on his free throws. Um, he wasn't that skilled, uh, really. Outside of just outside of dunking, he really had like a hook shot, and that was pretty much it. Like, yeah, that bump, you know, that booty yeah, bump thing. He's like, yeah, boom, he he used to down. make he yeah he he'll like make fun of it. He'll just all the back time. him down and then just like just turn around hook shot. Yeah, uh, I mean that's all he needed when he was in his prime. In Orlando days, I remember he used to run up the ball. Yeah, and do top. like behind you know. He yeah, should, he, he used to be a little more skilled, and then he just lost it. He was skilled in Orlando. He'd get the rebound, go coast to coast, dribble behind his back, yeah, uh, and all that. But um, yeah, he couldn't do that as he got bigger and you know heavier. Yeah, unfortunately. So that that's the reason why I think he kind of was held back, just not taking the game seriously. Yeah, he would have been higher had he took it more serious. Yeah, he Probably would have been the goat. why we put Shaq in at number four. Yeah. And, and at uh, number three, we got Will Chamberlain. Uh, also, uh, Wilt the Stilt. Wilt the Stilt, another dominant big. Yeah. Um, he's kind of, a lot of people kind of look at him and think he's the Shaq of his era, although his game was much different. He was way more finesse. He was skilled. Yeah, he was more skilled and finesse player. Uh, you know, turnaround, uh, jumper in the post, uh, hook shot. Um, you know, little mid range, like he, he was more skilled than Shaq, but he was big, bigger and stronger than everyone like Shaq. So he could have easily played like Shaq, but he didn't really like, um, kind of like what he, what's the word I'm looking for? He didn't really like using up, like kind of treating players like rag dolls basically and just yammering it on him and like yeah. destroying them. That wasn't really his type of game. He was more finesse and, um, skill. Yeah. So, um, uh, but he was. You know, he needs his own record, Brooke. I mean, he had, <laughs> he had 100 points in a game. He had seasons where he averaged 50 points and 37 rebounds. Um, you know, two-way player, again, like they didn't count blocks in his era, but if they did, he'd be the all-time uh, block leader. Yeah, you know, he would. Every year. Every year. Great rebounder. Like, a lot of people give the credit of um, the greatest rebounder of all time to Dennis Rodman, but, you know, if you look at – Wilt, he's first all-time in rebounds. Uh, like I said, have seasons where you get, like, average 30-plus rebounds a game. Yeah. Um, the game was really fast-paced back then, so that's why you would see these guys with, like, gaudy stats like <laughs> Wilt. Yeah. Uh, it was actually faster than today's era of basketball just because, obviously, they didn't have a three-point line, so it was really uh, an emphasis on getting to the rack before the defense was set. Uh, so it was a really fast pace. But, he, you know, he unfortunately didn't have the – best teams like Bill Russell did, which is why he ended up with less championships and more losses in the head-to-heads, but individually, he was the better player. Yeah, he he was the better player. He he would say, um, Bill said that too. Bill admitted that he, he was the better player. Um, you know, he's two-time NBA champion, one of finals MVP, four MVPs, uh, you know, seven-time all-NBA first-team selections, 13-time all-star. Uh, two all-defensive first-team selections. Like I said, first all-time in rebounding, seventh all-time scoring, uh, yeah. first all-time in, in assists. Definitely the most big man offensively in NBA history. Oh, most yeah. Dominant big man in NBA, offensively in NBA history. He, um, they need to make a movie about him because I don't think people understand how great this man was as far as, like, an athlete. Yeah, as far as... His athlete. interviews were uh, legendary, too. Yeah, he played... Um, you know, he was in a triathlon and, you know, just yeah. very athletic. He could jump, like, out the gym. You know, uh, really strong, jump out the gym. He was, uh, I think he was jumper in the Olympics. Yeah. Uh, 
he, um, you know, just really, just really dominated as soon as he came into the league off the rip. Uh, like I said, that hundred point game. Yeah. You know, no other. That's play. wild. Like his stats <laughs> are just a lot of his stats are just untouchable. Like you're not gonna pass them. No, that th- you're not gonna see it. Um, unfortunately, he di- he had a a heart condition that killed him. Um, cause he kind of he died pretty early too. Yeah, he wasn't that old. I, th- I believe he died in his sixties. Yeah. Um, you know, it's unfortunate. He was actually a lot of people forgot too. He was a Harlem Globetrotter back in the day. Yeah, he was. He was a Harlem Globetrotter. He dealt with a lot of racism too. Oh yeah, he grew up in the same era as uh, Bill Russell. Yeah. He also had a, a hand in, um, you know, basically uh, civil the civil rights movements and you know helping uh, mm-hmm. black. Very vocal. Very vocal. Um, like I said, he had seasons where you know, his career averages are 30 points, 23 rebounds a game, uh, four assists a game. Like, he played over 1,000 games in his career. Uh, like I said, had seasons where he averaged 50 and uh, 25 boards, uh, you know, 50 and, and 37 boards. Like, it's just ridiculous stats, gaudy stats, video game statue. <laughs> yeah, he, um, he, a little bit of a, a, a ladies' man, too. Not a little bit. He was a ladies' man. Yeah, he had a thousand women. Yeah, he said that in his book. Um, I, I'm I'm actually reading his book right now. To be honest with you, um, I haven't got to that part, but it's a it's a pretty good book. It's just it's crazy how how good of an athlete he was. Yeah, you know, I mean, uh, so even I think he could have played in any era. Like a lot of play, yeah. not a lot of players in the '60s. I think would be able to play in this era, but. He certainly would. Um, he played in movies too, right? Yep. Yeah, he yeah. He was in movies. Um, he was on TV shows. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, just like I said, activist, multi-talented. He hung out with Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> back <laughs> in the days. Um, you know, just a lot. Just really, just a, a dominant figure that, like, you know, a Hall of Famer. He had a heart attack in '99. Yeah, he made a oh, top 50 player of all time. As yeah. Well. Uh, you know, well-deserved, obviously. Yeah, well-deserved. You got to put him on that. Yeah, of course. You know, all-time great. And, you know, third greatest center of all time. And coming in at number two is Hakeem Olajuwon, the dream. The dream. Very, the most skilled big dude yeah, the most on the skilled, list, probably. Yeah, the most skilled big man of all time. Uh, he had that dream shake in the post. Like, you couldn't touch him. Uh, you know, that when he hits you with that dream shake. Two-time NBA champion. Two-time NBA champion. Uh, mid-range game, post-game was elite footwork, the best. Elite, the, the best in the league. <laughs> could shoot the three as well. He just didn't shoot it much. Yeah, he didn't have to. Um, he was surrounded by three-point shooters. Arguably the greatest defender of all time. Um, you know, when you look at his uh, accomplishments, it, it's just really – he has such a lot of accolades uh, when you think about it, like – He's uh, first all-time in blocks, yeah. ninth all-time in steals, 12th all-time in points, 14th all-time in rebounds, 212th all-time in assists, two-time NBA champion, two finals MVPs, one regular season MVP, uh, six all-NBA first-team selections, 12-time All-Star, two-time defensive player of the year, five all-defensive first-teams selections, like two-way superstar. Uh, one back-to-back rings. Yeah. In between with the, Clyde. With Clyde. His uh, college running mate. 
Yeah, he won the second ring with Clyde. First ring, he was uh, he was he was by himself, right? Uh, yeah, it was just Kenny and Mario Eli and those yeah. guys. Yeah, uh, you know, two back-to-back championships. One sweeped Orlando. Sweeped Orlando. Won seven games with the Knicks. Uh, you know, he was just a dominant, the best big man of the nineties. Yeah. Down. Nigerian descent, best European player. Uh, international player. Yeah. International, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Nigerian descent, uh, best international player of all time. He was uh, Muslim. Locked you down on both. Yeah, he held it. He was elite on both ends of the court. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just insane to to what he did. Yeah, what, what he did. He would have been easily the best. player. He could have been arguably the best player in the league if he played today. Yeah, yeah, he would have. He he could play in this era, obviously. You know that. Yeah, I think he probably would have just stretched out to the three-point line uh, if he played in today's era. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Houston could use him now. I know that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they definitely could use him right now. Yeah. Um, he's very respected. Um, he's still respected. Uh, a lot of players like Kobe, we've talked about this off-air, Kobe, LeBron, um, Dwight. Yeah, Amari Stoudemire. They go to him to his Mello. clinic. Yeah, he goes, he trains, uh, he used to do it more uh, back in, like, you know, Mel LeBron's era, but yeah. he would charge players 50000 a week to uh, train and kind of work on their post moves with him. Uh, and it made a lot of players great in the post. Yeah. And Kobe, you know, probably one of his best dis- um, disciples. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, he was great in the post in that turnaround jumper. Yeah, easy. You know, thanks to uh, guys like Hakeem. People forget he played in Toronto too. He was he was he was washed seven a game. Yeah, that's why no one talks about it. People forget that. Yeah, he was done by that time. Yeah. But you know, he also played on a super team. It was him, Barkley, Pippen. Yeah, they were washed. They were washed by that point. It didn't work out. Yeah. Unfortunately, he wasn't able to win. Uh, he did go. He did have one trip to the to the finals in the '80s. Him and Ralph Sampson. Yeah. Um, they actually, uh, in an upset, stunned the Showtime Lakers and went to the finals against Larry Bird and the Celtics. And Bird and the, the Celtics beat them. Yeah. The, he was young. Yeah, he was young, and uh, unfortunately, after that, Ralph Sampson wasn't able to stay healthy. Yeah. Um, so unfortunately, they uh, the team was kind of bad for a few years. He had some issues in management, and wanted to leave, but. They ended up patching things up, and you know, he ended up winning two rings there. The um that that documentary about the uh the Cougars, the way he played, um in Houston, the Houston uh, Cougars, the five Bama Slamma Jamma, yeah, something yeah. like that. Yeah, that's yeah. a great documentary. If you guys want to learn more about um Hakeem and uh you know Basketball. Clyde Drexler, they they played together. So that was a great. Uh, it was crazy because. On that, on that team, I didn't see that skill the way he was when he came to the NBA. I, he was more yeah. like a dunker. He was just a defender really. and a dunker. dunker yeah, that's it. Rebounder. Uh, he really worked on his game and developed. Yeah, uh, every year post. too. Yeah, and he also played soccer, which helped him with his uh, footwork. Footwork, yeah. His footwork was un. Dude, you guys gotta watch like the YouTube videos on his footwork it was just i've never seen anything like it yeah it's unrivaled yeah honestly if he had gotten a few more rings he could have been uh the greatest big man ever yeah uh, most most definitely yeah definitely but definitely had a great career um drafted in the same class as jordan yeah drafted before jordan i actually too (laughs) yeah 
I believe he went first overall. Oh, was it Sam Bowie or him? That went he first? went him. It was Sam Bowie that Sam went, went first. first. And then it was, then it was Hakeem and then Jordan. Yeah. yeah. Or vice versa. I don't remember. I, I, I think it was, yeah, I, I kind of forgot. Um, but, you know, Hakeem, one of the greatest of all time. Uh, second greatest big man of all time. You know, definitely. Oh, yeah, he was the first round pick. It was him, Sam Bowie, and yeah. Jordan. Dude, imagine if Houston picked Sam Bowie. They would have regretted it. <laughs> I guess Portland would have been straight. Yeah, day. Portland would have. I think Portland would have had two rings. Yeah, they would have got. Um, they would have had Clyde and Elijah Wan just younger. Yeah, oh yeah, they would have. I've been. I think they would have been able to stop the Bulls. Yeah, they would have. At that together. at that time. Yeah, they would have yeah. been better. Uh, yeah, they would have probably beaten the Pistons in the finals also. Yeah. And the, you know the Lakers, so they they would have been changed things a lot. The scenery would have looked different. The scenery would definitely look different. But uh, moving on to number one, greatest center of all time, Kareem, Kareem. Jabbar. Uh, I mean, what can you say about Kareem, six-time champion? Skyhook. Skyhook, the most un, you know defensible shot in NBA history. Uh, and people don't realize, like, it wasn't like he could only hit that shot from two feet away. Like, he could pull that damn near from the three-point line and uh, you know, chuck swish, it yeah you know with a hook shot like you know you never see that's a man who studies the game to to pull that move off because when you look at it it looks so unorthodox yeah but it just goes in it's crazy no other player ever tried to really learn it you would think that other yeah would. i've seen ben simmons a couple times do it but <laughs> that's yeah, not saying much, that's not saying much. <laughs> um, but you know Six-time, like I said, NBA champion, two finals <coughs> MVPs, six MVPs, most NBA history, uh, 10 all-NBA first-team selections, 19-time All-Star, five all-defensive first-team selections, first all-time in scoring, uh, third all-time in rebounding and blocks, 45th in assists, and 107th in steals. Some, some old heads would say he's the best player ever. They'll say he's the GOAT, some, of some people. people. do. I mean, he's all, when you think of a winner... He embodies that. He yeah. won a championship in high school, won in college, won Olympics, and, and championships in the NBA. Um, you know, he's done it at every level and at an elite level, too. Um, Shannon on Undisputed said he was the best high school player he's ever seen. Yeah. I think LeBron was, because that's what I've seen. But Yeah, you I mean, know. he uh, won a championship every year, I believe, in high school uh, and in college as well. Uh, no, I think college, I think it was only the first year he didn't win, and he won the next three, three in a row uh, before coming into the NBA. Um, and you look at, came in, dominated off the rip, 28 points as a rookie. Yeah. You know, in, in 1969, um, coming in on the tail end of Bill Russell's career and coming in on, you know, a Wilt, that tail end of Wilt's career. Yeah. He came in as the next big man and the next uh, great center. Uh, franchise player. Franchise player. Won a championship at Oscar Robinson in Milwaukee. Um, and then after that, ended up winning five rings with the Lakers. Uh, with <laughs> two the good point guards. Two yeah. superstar Hall of Fame point guards. Yeah, it was rough those first few years on the Lakers. Um, he wanted, yeah. He wants to leave Milwaukee and got traded there. They had nobody there. Uh, there was one year where they missed the playoffs, but he still won MVP just because of how crazy his stats were. Yeah. You know what I mean? How great he was playing. So uh, it just shows you his greatness. Uh, and like I said, 19 uh, years in the NBA, uh, he was one of those guys who 
uh, kind of like LeBron and Karl Malone, just took care of his body. Yeah. Uh, had a lot, like, you know, great longevity. Fun fact, his his name was Lou Alcindor before he changed it to Kareem Abdul-Jabbar yep. when he became a Muslim. Yep. Uh, he also dated Pam Greer. Uh, he yeah. He movies with Bruce Lee. Um, you know, actor, big-time celebrity, uh, social activist. Yeah. Another guy who made number 33, like, uh, famous, that jersey number. Yeah, I mean, that's a jersey reserve, number reserved for big men. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, Well-respected around the league, kind of like an OG in the league. Uh, yeah. Everyone respects and looks up to, mentors, players. Um, you know, a Laker, great. You know, they're just part of that great, um, you know, big man tradition that they have, you know, with Shaq, Kareem, Wilt, uh, George Mikan. Yeah. Um, you know, you name it, like the great of uh, the greats, you know, when it comes to big men, they're just known for either uh, trading for a big men or signing a big man in free agency. They, you know, they love their big men in the, in the Lakers. And he's like soft-spoken and a calm dude. Yeah, yeah, very respectful guy. Um, Didn't uh, talk much in the locker room. No, I mean, not really a dirty player, although he did have that play where he got elbowed, I think, in the chest, and he ended up punching the dude in his face and yeah. <laughs> uh, back in the day. But, you know, that's a response after getting elbowed. But otherwise, not a dirty player. Yeah, no, he wasn't a dirty player. Kinda was integral in the Showtime Lakers. was the guy that got the board and kind of just set the break, would make those deep passes, those outlet passes like Kevin Love and Wesley yeah. Sealed, and just get the break started. Uh, it's just a key cog in that offense. Yeah, he's um, he made Magic's job easy. Yeah, with that, with yeah. that just running the offense through him and and whatnot. Yeah, and he was their number one scorer until he started aging, and you know Magic took over that. Yeah. Um, but you know, you know, what more can I say about Kareem, greatest big man of all time? Greatest. You know, man. We went over this list off air and wasn't easy to put it together no there's a lot of great big men um like i said guys like george michael who kind of set uh, you know paved the way for all these big men was the first superstar mm -hmm. uh, in nba history um the first superstar big man in nba history as well yeah ming um, yeah you know yao ming um you know a lot of great big men uh, ben wallace yeah that, uh, couldn't make the cut just because of so many great bigs but you know obviously just want to give them a shout out as honorable mentions yeah absolutely so, uh, thanks for tuning in to another great episode. Um, you know, next week we'll be getting back into our regular week-to-week -week review. Um, lots to talk about from the Benson situation. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. Um, you know, a couple teams, you know, like the Bulls, riddled with injuries, the Knicks underperforming. Yeah. Uh, the Lakers, you know, underperforming. Disappointing Bulls, Dallas uh, Mavericks. The Dallas Mavs. They're disappointing. Uh, uh, you know, Damian Lillard's situation and all that, so... Uh, you know, it's a lot to go over in the next few weeks, so looking forward and excited to talk about that. Yeah. Um, you know, as always, follow the show. We're on social media on at Pick and Pop Show uh, on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Uh, if you want to donate to the show and support the movement, dollar sign Pick and Pop Show at Cash App. Um, until next time, guys. Peace. Peace.